Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. It's not often that physical therapists are mentioned in the same sentence as paratroopers, stunt professionals, and martial arts instructors. But that's what happened in a January 2017 article from the New York Times titled, The Right Way to Fall. The idea is that falls cause more than one-third of injury-related emergency room visits. And while avoiding falls in the first place is ideal, falling safely when gravity strikes is second best. But what does falling safely mean? What would that entail? In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist Eric Moen, who is quoted in the Times article, provides his insights. Here's our interview with Eric Moen. So I think particularly for people who are younger, falls seem like such a simple and fairly harmless thing. You fall down, you get back up again. Um, Broadly speaking, though, from the healthcare perspective, just how damaging are falls? Well, for, we'll say falls for the adult um, come in, in various severities. We know research literature with regards to falls, you typically see abrasions and contusions as your primary issues. This is just bruising and, and scuffing, and uh, essentially maybe some blood, if you will. Uh, but secondarily, the, the, the damaging parts are, come with fractures, and so uh, people can end up with wrist and forearm fractures, typically clavicle or collarbone fractures, sometimes hip uh, fractures, which oftentimes require surgery, sometimes fractures of what's called the greater trochanter, which is part of the femur. And on a severe side, uh, cervical fractures can be acquired, if you will, uh, from falling. And then lastly, the other option from falls are concussive events. Concussions have certainly been in the news, but anytime you fall, you potentially hit your head on something, uh, and that could be a closed head injury or concussive event. So there's a wide variety of things that happen when a fall occurs, but uh, the most dramatic of them uh, are oftentimes most frequently are fractures. When you're talking about bumps and bruises and you're talking about head injuries, I'm, I'm thinking that probably hits people pretty much the same. It's, it's basically gravity and, and where you land and how you land. When you're talking about those fractures, though, does the risk increase with age? Well, everything you read in research literature uh, on falls, uh, yes. Uh, the, the risk increases because of, we'll say, physiological changes that occur in the body, such as decreases in bone density. Also, uh, as we age, we sometimes lose our, our built-in padding, if you will, and then, uh, and then also just uh, our lack of ability to react to a fall. So you might end up hitting something a little more squarely, directly, than if you were a, a little more agile uh, and try to get out of the way of whatever you're falling to. So we're going to come back to that idea of being agile and getting out of the way of things you might be falling into, but let's kind of explore this idea of falling safely. Um, Clearly, no one wants to fall in the first place, and physical therapists work with people to improve their balance, trying to keep them from falling in the first place. 
Um, but like I said, gravity's there. We're, you know, if we're honest, people are going to fall. It's going to happen. We're, it's, we're not going to avoid tripping over our shoelaces or, or whatever it is that causes a fall. Um, so this idea that there's a right way to fall suggests that there's a wrong way to fall. Uh, what are the most dangerous things that people do in, in falling? In thinking about that, the, one of the probably the most dangerous aspects of falling is when, when a person is, we'll say, blindsided, and and the trip might or the fall might come from them not expecting to take the fall, uh, where they might be uh, knocked into or bumped into, and this will cause a person to not have any preparation for the fall, and so this blindsided fall can really be a problem. Uh, and secondarily, the other one that tends to be a, a big problem with falling is uh, when a person uh, tries to self-arrest themselves by doing what I kind of jokingly call the pavement push-up. When a person tries to catch themselves by outstretching their arms, that's typically when fractures of the wrist or forearm or clavicle can occur. Uh, also, some uh, frontal facial trauma might occur. Uh, from these things like chin laceration, also things like uh, upper cervical uh, spine issues might occur, or fractures might occur. So uh, what do they do, you know, obviously that you can't anticipate the unanticipated fall. Uh, once a fall begins, in theory, what's the safe way to fall? That's a great question. Um, I'll say the answer uh, depends because it partially requires some situational awareness. Back to the whole idea of what's the most dangerous fall, it's one that, that's unanticipated. So when you start thinking about um, situational awareness, that's being aware of what's around you and kind of this idea of like, well, if I'm going to fall, where's the safest place to fall? So if you have an option to fall on a pile of feathers, <laughs> that's clearly the place that you'd want to try to fall. So targeting sometimes where that fall is directed is sometimes an important part of safely falling. That being said, there's also some other important physical things about falling. Uh, a good fall, if you will, takes uh, some tumbling skills or we'll say athletic skills, uh, which might be you know, falling to your side or directing yourself uh, if you're falling forward, trying to, uh, we'll say, tumble out of a, a, a forward fall as opposed to trying to catch yourself into like a, that pavement push-up uh, situation of which I described. And so when you're looking at these falls, you know, the question is, um, how do you develop these skills? Uh, and that's a tricky thing. They're, they're skills that have to be rehearsed as, as opposed to just expecting that you might you know, watch a YouTube video and be able to magically do these things. Yeah, in that sense, you know, it, it, a fall is going to happen. It's going to be so sudden. Instincts are going to are going to set in. Um, the mentality for people falling safely is it? You know, obviously, to go back to your situational awareness, uh, walking down a public sidewalk, I may not have great situational awareness about where the safe place to fall is. Falling in my home, in the process of falling, I may know the coffee table's over there, the carpet's over there, I want to go toward the carpet. That instinct may, may kick in. When you're talking about the, the physical position, though, of somebody going down, you know, when, when I hear, oh, gosh, you know, hip fractures can result, and I know hip fractures are damaging, I would think, like, gosh, I don't want to land on my hip. Um, but the flip side is that I to avoid my hip, am I going to thrust my arms out, and, and is that dangerous? So 
in terms of a mentality while you're you're going down, is it sort of the I mean, are you balling up? Are you tucking your arms in? Are you trying to take where are you trying to take the force to the degree that you can? Well, our best area of padding uh, is our gluteus maximus or, or our butt. Uh, and when you fall, you're typically looking for areas of, again, the, the idea of the soft pillow or falling into soft pillows, that might be your gluteus maximus. And so, as I had previously suggested, the most dangerous thing is when you put out your arms and try to catch yourself, you'll oftentimes get some sort of fracture there. So when you are following, falling, the idea is to try to uh, come over to the side, uh, hit your butt, and then roll towards your back uh, and try to, to move in that direction. Uh, and again, when we, when we make general suggestions on falling, it's not one of these things that's like, well, if everyone does that, they're going to have uh, a safe landing. That's, um, again, you have to use judgment, but in general, you're trying to hit your butt not the side of your hip, but the butt, and then going towards your back, uh, thinking, uh, balling up, uh, uh, moving into more of a bald position, and then rolling out of the fall. And that's going to be sometimes very difficult for people because they just don't have the, the coordination to do such a maneuver or the strength. Yeah, and so let's explore that idea. You know, we, we talk about the unexpected fall that that New York Times article mentioned to talk to stunt professionals and paratroopers. Well, there are those two. There are two groups that are going into their activities expecting the unexpected. Uh, most people aren't doing that. Uh, most people, when they fall, they're falling. Uh, maybe something surprised them, or maybe they're falling because they weren't particularly graceful uh, or athletic in the first place. And so now it, when everything's topsy-turvy and they're losing their sense of balance, they're trying to uh, to be athletic in that moment, to be graceful in that moment, and to sort of save this this thing. That said, in the moment, you really have a, a split second to react. Are there things people can do uh, strength and conditioning and flexibility-wise that may increase the likelihood, however slight, that they're at least physically capable of pulling off those those reflex body movements? What would those be? Well, I like to have people go through a progression of activities uh, that usually starts with some basic um, practicing moving over to one side, and and that can be started on a on a soft surface like a carpeted floor. Or even I mean, you can even use linoleum floor, or if you want to, you can use a soft mat like a yoga mat or some other exercise mat or rubber floor. And you start in what's considered a long sitting position or a position where your legs are out in front of you. And you just practice this idea of rolling over to your side and then, you know, catching yourself or rolling over to your side and onto your back. And we start with that. And then once you're into that position, it requires pushing back up, back to start, and then try to do that to the other side. And that's a very simple very simple exercise and drill. It requires strength, it requires coordination, and it requires you to figure out how to make it as soft an impact as possible. And so that's a very, from a simplistic standpoint, that's where that's where I usually have people start. And this is whether they're an athlete or whether they're um, whether they're uh, just a person who's trying to improve their safety uh, about the about their environment. So you can also. Once you've mastered that skill,
skill, you can then move to uh, kneeling from double knees. So you're on both knees, and then you can try rolling to the side as well. This is for a progression of management to the falling to the side. You can do double knee, and then you can do a split kneeling position where you're in kind of a modified stance on one leg while kneeling on the other leg, and try going over to the side, and then uh, you know, switch legs, switch sides. And, and you can eventually move that up to a low crouch and then to a standing position. This is for um, practicing uh, falling to the side. Now, if you were to think about the forward roll, where you know, sometimes as a person is tripping and falling, they're falling forward. And that's, that's where oftentimes people are trying to do that self-arrest or that pavement push-up or catching, you know, putting their arms out, outstretching their arms to try to catch themselves. In that situation, that's more a tuck the shoulder, tuck the head, uh, and roll forward onto the back to try to prevent fractures and all. And, and, and sometimes that's just not all that possible for people with limited coordination and strength. And so in that sure. sense, you're always trying to roll towards your back as you're going forwards without trying to self-arrest to the hands. And that's where you pick your softest spot, if possible, to go towards. This concept of kind of drilling in, in the falling experience, it seems like, yes, there's there's rehearsal of it for physically, sort of knowing what it feels like to go down the way you want to go down. But I have to think there's a factor here, too, of just sort of eliminating the discomfort of falling, right? Basically building a little bit of confidence that you can that you can go down and not need to reach your arms yeah. out. I mean, is there a psychological benefit, too, do you think? Absolutely. You know, uh, in, in looking at some resources that are out there, uh, National Institute of Health has talked about um, uh, risk of falling or falls. Uh, and what they've, they've included as part of their... The uh, reason why people fall is fear of falling. And so anything you do in life, if you have a fear of whatever, tends to make the possibility of you encountering that fear greater, it seems like. Um, for example, I do a lot of work with bicyclists, and, and when we're trying to navigate objects, uh, particularly in, in off-road, if, if you say, I'm fearful, oh, look, there's this big rock. I'm fearful that I'm going to hit this big rock. Well, you're going to hit it every time. And so the the idea is is that if you start rehearsing and practicing your skills and understand that, you know, a fall can be uh taken and not have huge ramifications, well then it allows you to clear your mind as you're potentially falling and strategize how am I going to how am I going to get the best result from this fall? Meaning how, where's my way out? How do I get my body in a position to where I can um, I can successfully survive this fall uh, and limit my loss? So kind of building off that idea, you know, the New York Times article makes the case that young children might be, quote, unquote, the best fallers. Um, you know, kids obviously are a little bit, uh, figuratively speaking, a little bit more made of rubber than, than an older adult who's a little bit more more brittle. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, young kids are all, also potentially pretty uncoordinated, so um, they're used to falling, so maybe that there's a, a little bit less of the fear factor. Um, as you mentioned, what else can we learn from the way from the way kids fall? It's funny because um, I've seen the most amazing, uh, and not in a good way, falls uh, by 
uh, small children. They do. There's a lot of face plants and falling backwards and, whack, and you know hitting their heads and things. And, and you know, if, if adults were to do that, they would have significantly, you know, significant ramifications from that type of fall. Whereas a whereas a, as a youngster. Uh, again, they're plastic. Uh, they tend to tolerate that fall. They don't weigh as much. They're not as, you know, their center of mass isn't as high. And so when they're falling, they don't have quite the acceleration that a person of average height might have uh, when they're going forward. And so, so when you look at kids, I mean, they're not, in ways, they're not the greatest fallers. You know, one of their, one of, when people say, oh, they're great fallers, it's usually because they, they fall back. Sometimes they'll fall back and, and hit their butts on the ground and, 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 um, that's considered a good fall. But when you look at like a, a kid who's falling, the thing that they have when they fall is they're, they're usually motivated to get back up and they're usually motivated to figure out a better way. And that's really kind of our, we'll say, orientation to gravity as a, as a youngster is to, is to try to figure out how to best interact with that gravity and how to keep more upright and get the treat at the end of the day rather than um, giving up on the process. So the things you might learn from kids are the resilience, the practice, uh, the problem solving, uh, and the rehearsal. And, and there's a there's a lack of self consciousness there too, right? That, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're not embarrassed by the fall necessarily. You know, it is funny when you know having having had kids. Um, there's there's kind of that strategy where kids when they fall they pause for a moment to look and see who saw them, as to how they might react afterwards. And so if they're like, eh, no one's no one seems alarmed, then they tend to be like, oh, okay, I'll get back up and try it again. Whereas if someone makes like a dramatic reaction, like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Then they might start to get alarmed after it. So it's kind of this learned learn behavior. But, but definitely adults in public, if you fall, if you take a fall, that's an embarrassing situation. No one wants to uh, dirty themselves up with a fall, particularly in situations where they're trying to portray stability or, or grace or whatever. And so there does become that fear. So we spent all this time talking about falling, and, and it would be irresponsible not to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, how to avoid falling in the first place. Sure. Um, so let, let's start with, with balance. It, for somebody trying to figure out if they're at risk for a fall, is, are there simple ways and safe ways people can get a sense of, of what their balance is like? Yes. Well, and, and I'll always uh, suggest that it, if, if in question – um, please go visit your uh, local physical therapist. Uh, they're really quite the experts at being able to figure out where your balance deficits are, whether they're vestibular or whether they're musculoskeletal. There's, we know from from studies of balance and falls that, there, that there's all sorts of variables with regards to why people uh, potentially are at greater risk for falls. But that being said, a, a very simple test is just to check single leg balance and how you're able to balance on a single leg. And from that, you can do different progressions of single leg balance drills, such as opening and closing your eyes. Say if you close your eyes in a single leg balance and are unable to maintain that balance, that's an indication that there might be something going on with you with regards to your uh, balance strategies or capabilities. Another very simple test would be just a single leg um, mini hop or squat in order to have the basic, we'll say, fitness to best survive some of these falls, have the strength 
and capability to get yourself up off the ground. And sometimes when we talk about the prevention of that blindsided fall, is like if you have an object that's about to strike you, if you can potentially get your feet up off the ground, that'll potentially limit the damage uh, you might incur. And so, and this is similar in sports, it's like if your feet are planted and you get struck, you could have uh, some significant damage. If you're able to get your feet off the ground, uh, as illustrated by the ability to do a single foot hop, then you're more likely to be able to attenuate some of that force or impact and then roll out of that situation. So going back to that simpler one, that, that single leg balance, and just to paint a picture for listeners, if I'm standing on my right leg to, to test my balance, what do I need to do with my left leg to sort of test? I mean, do I need to lift it high off the ground? Do I just need to have it a couple inches off the ground? And then, and then based on that, how long should I be able to stand there with relative confidence? Great question. So if I'm standing on my right leg, my right leg assumes just a slightly bent position. And my left leg is uh, knee bent at about 90 degrees and held just slightly behind you. And this will assume a position where your weight is mostly centered over the foot. So you should feel that your weight is centered over the foot rather than it sitting all the way back on heel. When you're holding that position, that implies, or we hopefully recruits all your foot and ankle musculature, which then has to work to maintain your balance. And then it also, with the knee slightly bent on the stance leg, requires you to work through your hip musculature, as well as the muscles of the knee, the hamstring and the quadricep. And so in ways, it's subtly creating a strength test. Because if you can't maintain that or hold that position, that would imply that you are really lacking of some of the basic strength required just to have balance of stance. So let's say I try this test at home and I, you know, I fail, fail miserably. You know, I, I keep not able to confidently balance. Obviously, as you mentioned, you can go see a physical therapist and and determine what the reason for that is, whether it's vestibular, whether it's musculoskeletal. Um, but but just to go to the basic question, can balance be improved? So if I find out my balance is lousy, can that actually get better? Uh, I would say absolutely, and we know that. In particular, with regards to strength, if it's a strength deficit, we know that people can make strength gains at any age. And we know that people can make range of motion gains at any age, assuming that they don't have significant uh, medical issues that would limit them, such as uh, demyelinating or a, 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 a gradual or complete loss of neurological uh, control. So a person who, say, is a paraplegic probably won't be able to regain that strength. However, if we're just talking average person and it's just for lack of conditioning, then they sure can make those gains. And it's just a matter of figuring out um, you know, what, what's the best strategy to improve that strength and coordination. And quite simply, you can study for the test. So if you have poor ability to stand on single leg, it could be as simple as just practicing that every day. And then I, I would have to make the recommendation that, of course, you work on both sides, not just one side or the other. It's both sides. So the good news is is that basically no matter what age you are, you can start working on this now, but, but let's close out with this. Uh, what age does it start to become a concern? In other words, as a physical therapist, at what age would you start to recommend to somebody to say, you know, at this point, statistically speaking, your balance, your coordination, and the risk of a fall is going to start increasing, and you should start paying some attention to, to your ability to balance? 
Well, when we take a look at the human body, the human body typically at, is at its most or kind of is at its peak of elasticity, if you will, around the age of 23. So one could say that after the age of 23, that's when you should probably start working on things and start thinking about maintaining your abilities to be coordinated, to be strong, uh, to have the reasonable mobility to function in whatever your chosen life goals are. When we think about working on these goals, you know, the, a lot of times there's the, the suggestion that at the age of 40, you know, everything starts to go downhill, if you will. You know, if you talk to your peers, they'll all have that 40-year-old moment where they're like, oh, my gosh, everything started coming apart at 40 uh, or greater. And so definitely when we think about uh, if things are coming apart at 40, it probably implies that things were already starting to come apart before that. I would make the argument that everybody should maintain their ability to perform things such as single foot uh, balance and coordination, single foot hop. Now, one of the more common times when this uh, occurs are when people are moving into professional jobs that require prolonged sitting. That's the time when uh, people lose significant ranges of motion uh, and coordination required for doing basic human tasks. Also, when, when people are entering into more sedentary lifestyles, that might be uh, kind of that post-retirement time where they end up doing a lot of sitting. Uh, that's such an important time for people to maintain their strength and coordination and their ability to do things like single foot balance and single foot hop. Uh, be able to walk up uh, on uneven surfaces or up and down stairs without having to create irregular cheating motions to try to get that stuff done. Well, in the spirit of working on those things, I'm literally finishing this interview while balancing my right leg, so oh, we're, we're making progress with me at least. Eric Mullen, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You can find numerous resources about how physical therapists can help people avoid falls at moveforwardpt.com slash falls. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.